to In the Word with Pastor Don Haskins, where we open up the Bible to see what God's Word says and how it might apply to our lives. Our prayer is that you allow Jesus to change you from the inside out. And now, today's lesson. Galatians chapter 3, Paul has been talking to the Galatians. He's writing to the very area, various area churches in Galatia. There's like four churches up there that are getting caught up in a mindset that, that faith in Christ is not enough. It's not enough. And, and so they see a former life. We just talked about that last week. They see the former life of, of the Jews. They see that, that uh, Judaism had these rules. They had these laws. They had these regulations. They had this separatist mindset that was separating themselves. Pharisee literally means separated one. You know, and, and, and here they, they would separate themselves, which is not necessarily a bad thing. Come out of the world. We, we don't want to be, we want to be in the world, but not of the world. Kind of like, you know, the submarine wants to be in the ocean, but not of the ocean. Of the ocean, it's a coral reef. Okay? It becomes a coral reef. It's not, it, you know, this thing with us as Christians, we are to be in the world, but our heads should always be above the surface, you know? And, and the thing is, is that Paul is addressing a problem that's happening in the church where the Jews and the Gentiles are being separated. Why were the Jews separating themselves? Because they were still under a rule. They were still placing themselves because of their flesh under a rule. Because it just seemed like they needed to do something. Kevin just spent a few months uh, it, about um, uh, this situation that just happened over in Parkland. And now it's not just in this area, but it's happening all over the nation. Any news channel you turn on, any news you know, site that you pull up on your phone or on your, your internet, on your computer at home, your iPad, whatever it is, here's what's happening. You're seeing a debate over guns or over whatever it is that's out there. Because in such a case like has happened, this tragic case that has happened over there in Parkland, Florida, it's, it's horrendous, it's tragic, it grips our heart. Sadly to say, maybe not as much as it did when it happened in Columbine. I remember when it happened in Columbine. My whole body went numb. I now see news that comes over and says another school shooting. And I'm devastated for it. But there's a searing of almost a conscience in there. Because it's happening so much. Now, lest you think that this is a case of talking about guns or not. No, the point that I want to make here is that everybody's jumping in and saying, we've got to do something. We've got to do something. 
And that's our nature. Our, 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 our nature of us as humans, we think that we've got to do something. We've always got to do something. We can't just stop and take a step back and say, hey, let's reassess. Let's understand the problem and then go forward. Let's, let's consider the right steps to take before we just launch out and make steps and take steps. And it happens in the church. That's, who, that's what Paul's dealing with in, in here. Because we as people, we have a hard time. Paul is going to talk about, and I'm, there's no way I'm going to get through this. I've got like four pages of notes, and so I've got 15 minutes that I'm going to introduce next week's message with. Okay, But in light of what is going on, this will be a, 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 hopefully a, a good precursor to next week. And it's this. The issue that Paul is going to deal with is law and grace. It's spirit and flesh. It's faith or rules. And Paul is going to address this issue. And, and we're going to look at how he deals with this. But Paul, Paul in the first five verses here, you see in, in, in uh, Galatians chapter 3, he starts off by saying, Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus was clearly portrayed among you as crucified? This only, I want to learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish? Having begun in the Spirit, are you now being made perfect by the flesh? Have you suffered so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? Therefore, he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? I'm not going to go any farther than that today. But, but here's, here's to, to introduce what we're doing. We as people are no different than them. I'll give you a quick little litmus test. Those of you who are serious in your walk with the Lord, or you have been serious in times past with your walk in the walk your walk with the Lord, but maybe right now you're in a cooling off period. You're in a cold period. You're in a place where you're not so you know, passionate about Christ right now. I want you to remember back at a time where you were walking strong with the Lord. And maybe it's happened to somebody even in here right now. Maybe it's going on in your life right now. Maybe you've come here today and you have just this majorly downcast heart because you've done something stupid. And you've asked the Lord for forgiveness. You've asked Him to cleanse you. You've asked Him to, to, to take that sin from you or take that, that, that transgression that you had committed. You've confessed it. You've moved on. You've asked for this cleanliness. And yet, here you sit with your lower lip out for a little robin to come and perch on it. Because... You don't feel like you're forgiven. 
it has everything to do with what we're talking about. You know why? Because our, our nature is, is that, and this is part of our sinful nature, I believe, is that we feel we need to do more. That, I, that I've blown it so big before you, God, and I say, God, I am so, God, I am so sorry. Forgive me. And the Lord goes, you're forgiven. If the sun sets you free, Don, you'll be free indeed. Now go and be free. All right. And you walk out and you're not free. You're walking out with the, with the, 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 the weight, the chain and the ball of uh, 80 pounds behind you. And you're carrying, dragging that weight behind you. Because though I've asked for forgiveness, though I've come and done exactly what you've asked me to do, Lord, and I've meant it in my heart, I truly do not want to go down that road. Paul says, oh, the things that I will to do, those are the things that I don't do. The very things that, that, I, that I, I, I do, those are the things I don't want to do. I mean, it's, it's like he's got this big conundrum, spiritual conundrum going on. And I think all of us can identify with Paul. The things that I will to do, those are the things that I don't do. The things that I will not to do, those are the very things that I practice. Oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? It's a body of death. I can't get beyond me. I can't, I can't seem to, 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 to find freedom anywhere. I can't, I can't find cleanliness. I can't find a good conscience. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't have a clean heart. Why? I can't find it. And, and, and the Lord is, is saying to you as he says to me, if you confess your sins, John tells us he's faithful and just to forgive you your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. But in our nature, we think that's not enough. It's just not enough. I've got to do more. I've got to do more. I have got to. And so what we do is that we ask for forgiveness and then we carry around, we drag along this ball and chain for the next, I don't know, whatever it is that we place upon ourselves that makes us feel satisfied. Okay, for three days I'm going to carry this thing. And after three days, maybe somebody will make me laugh or maybe somebody will make me smile and I'll start walking strong with the Lord again. I'll begin to, to open my eyes and have a little bit more of a sparkle in my eyes and a smile on my face because, because I've paid my penance. You can't pay your penance. Jesus Christ did it. And, and the thing is, is that Paul, he's addressing this issue. He's going, if you begin in the spirit, how in the world do you think you're going to be perfected by the flesh? Faith is a work of God. Being righteous before the Lord, being right before God, being in a good standing and having peace with the Lord is not because of the, the P's and Q's. It's not in the checkbox that you have on a day-by-day basis. You know what it is? It's in your receiving that free gift that you didn't have to pay for. That forgiveness. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And we can't handle that. 
We just can't handle it. We can't handle it. And Paul, this is a danger in the church. It's a danger to the church. Now, here's the thing. There's people in the church that will argue against this message that will say, hey, be careful. Be careful of talking to people about grace because we, we don't want to talk about cheap grace. And my answer to them will say, will, will be, listen, there was nothing cheap about the grace that Christ has afforded to you and I. It cost him his life. And that I think I can add anything to His grace to forgive me. That I can add anything to His grace that will make me feel better. Is one of the most narcissistic minds that anybody can ever have. Because I can't do anything. I can get myself in a lot of messes, but I can't get them out. I can't do it. I can't I can't I can't get out of a mess with the Lord. I can't I can't have my sin forgiven before the Lord because of something that I perform on this earth. But we in our human nature we think we've got to do something. And it's hard for us to think, wait a minute. Jesus says I'm forgiven, I'm forgiven. Jesus says to to walk in him freely. To, to walk in Him freely and, 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 and to know that, that, that I'm free in Him. That, that, that I don't have to be burdened down with the, the weight and, and the sin that, that I still commit at times. Now mind you, this isn't a license to sin. This isn't, you know, Jesus isn't saying, hey, guys, dudes and dudettes, I died on a cross, rose again from the dead so that you can completely, totally live in sin. You can do it. Just go for it. And do it a lot. Paul says, oh, shall I continue in sin that grace may abound? He says, absolutely not. The thing that we get confused about is that we're in a relationship. We're in a relationship. I would always use this kind of an illustration because I, I don't really want to bring my wife into this, so I'm going to bring my dad into this. I grew up working on airplanes my whole life. As a little kid, you know, Matthew's age, you know. I, my dad would put a screwdriver in my hand and I'd have to, in the little, small, little propeller-driven airplanes. And I'd have to pull plates for him, you know, so that he can get in and inspect. My dad was an inspector. And, and, and the thing is, is that I know my dad loved me. He loved me very, very much. Still does. Still alive. Praise the Lord. I'm very, very grateful that I have my dad still. But airplanes are made out of aluminum. Aluminum is thin metal. It's, it's not heavy metal. And, and so uh, the idea is, is that you don't want something to be heavy to go up in the air. You need it to be light. Well, in that it's a light metal... It's a very bendable metal. <laughs> it's a very easily tarnished metal, right? Not necessarily tarnished as in the finish, but as in you know the, the shine of it. But you know in your aluminum cans. You drink your aluminum can and you, just, you accidentally just push in a little bit too much and it bends it. So an airplane is not that flimsy. <laughs> Please, it is not that flimsy, I promise. But 
it can bend really easy. It can, it can get dented very quickly. Now, now, let's just say I, one day, back when I was a little kid, go out and, and, and take a little ball-peen hammer and on every single skin that's on an airplane in my dad's care, it's a customer's airplane, I go out there and take the, that round part of that ball-peen hammer. You know what a ball-peen hammer is? Ball-peen hammer looks like a regular hammer on one side, but kind of like a ball on the other, uh, out of the same material. And, and so the idea is, is that if I were to go and take that ball-peen hammer and go, dink, 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 and I just go all over the whole airplane and I do that. Look, Daddy, look what I did. Is he going to be mad? Yeah, he probably isn't going to be too happy with me. Is he going to, is he, is he, you know, not going to want me to do that? No, he's not going to want me to do that. Is he going to cast me off as his kid? No, he's not going to cast me off as his kid. Let's say I'm 16 years old and I do that. Dink, dink, dink. Hey, Dad, what I did. Not look cool. No, son, it does not. It, it, here's the thing: Is my dad going to disown me? I know my dad. I know he's not going to disown me. If I sit there and I do it and I go, "Oh, dad, I'm so sorry. I don't even know what came over me." Now, I mean, that would be a hard sell, you know. <laughs> but, but I never tried that that much with my dad. But here's the thing: Would my dad forgive me? Yeah, my dad would forgive me. But what if I go out and do it again, even the very next day, and I ask him to forgive me again? How many times do I have to do that before my dad goes, you're not my son anymore, get away from me? Well, I don't know what, how, how far a human would ever go, but here's the thing. We do that to the Lord every single day of our life when we sin. And, and we sit there and we place upon him our own ideals and we think well here's the thing here's the thing if 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 someone were to do that to me i might be able to you remember peter said lord if someone sins against me how many times should i forgive him up to seven times and jesus goes no eight no he didn't say eight did he let's see if you're on your toes you're listening he said no 70 times seven now, I don't think that he was wanting them to pull out their little calculators and, and go, hey, that comes up to 490 times. So on 491, I now have been given the opportunity. Now, there are legalists that will go, no, 491, you can do it. It's cool. You can beat him silly. You can chuck him off. You never have to forgive the person ever again. Here's the thing. That's not the case. Here's the thing. Jesus is saying 70 times 7. I don't want you to have a number on what you're, where, where you place your forgiveness because here's the thing. I'm never going to ask you to do something that I myself am not going to do. Jesus is never going to place upon you a burden that he himself does not also adhere himself to. And that is this. You sin against me all the time, Don, and I forgive you. Not only do I forgive you, but I joyously receive you back into my arms. I love you. And I, I want to help you to move forward. And going back to my dad's illustration. Why would my dad forgive me? Because he loved me. 
why would I not want to do it again the next time at 16 years old? When I pick up that hammer and I go over to the airplane and go, you know what, he'll probably forgive me again. Would I continue to do that? And if I didn't continue to do that and I started to walk towards the airplane with a hammer in my hand and I, I, I was getting close, what would stop me? You know what would stop me? It'd be my relationship that I have with my dad, right? Hey, I know he forgave me before and I know, I know that he would forgive me again. But just because he's going to forgive me doesn't give me the license to go and just start banging on this airplane and ruining an airplane. I'm not going to bang on this airplane because I know that it injured my father. I know that it injured my relationship. I knew that it injured something. My relationship with the Lord is not, it, it, with my father is not, hey dad, I know you're going to have to forgive me, so bing, 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 bing. <laughs> Do it again. Bing, 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 bing. There, there's no relationship there. There's hatred. There's spite. There, there, there's no relationship. There's me trying to get to somebody and hurt them. That's what that is. That's not relationship. And so the idea is, is that just because you can be forgiven of a sin doesn't mean that you can just continue to go and, and, and sin in the sin. Stop it. Just stop. Just stop. Recognize that when you, when you seek forgiveness from the Lord... He grants it. But just because he grants you forgiveness, don't just go back out there and pick up the next ball, pee, and hammer. You can and, and just start dinging away. You, that's not relationship. The idea is here, though, that grace is free to you and I. It's through faith. It's something that God has given to you and I. Faith. I can't make God love me. You can't make God love you more than He already does. You in your, I in my, hours in our sinful, stinking state. The smell putrefying of our sin. God, in our presence, in that smell, in that sight, in that, that condition that we were in. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 5, verse 8, doesn't it? It says, you know what? Here's, what? here's what love looks like. God demonstrated his own love towards you and I, towards us, in that while we were in our stinking, visually unappealing, spiritually unapproachable state Christ died for us he died for us because he loved us not because of what we could do for him but because of what he could do for us and that's I'm setting kind of the foundation for next week because and we're going to go through some of these terms foolish Galatians bewitched doesn't have anything to do with Elizabeth Montgomery Older people laughed at that. 
That's so funny. I just I, 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 I'm at that age now where where I can say an old joke and get you know the younger guys are. I don't know what that meant. I don't know what that meant. So, so <laughs> we'll look at some of these terms next week. But here, here's the thing. I want you to go out of here today knowing this. God wants you to be free and God wants me to be free. It's the whole reason why Jesus came on the cross is so that we can have a right relationship with him. We can be seen by the Lord. We are seen by the Lord. You are seen by God as holy. In your sin, holy. Doesn't mean that we continue to sin. But Christ, His blood, paid the penalty for your sin. And He desires a relationship with you. Now you're going to have to decide and you and I are going to have to decide and determine whether or not we want a relationship with the Lord. And not someone that we're attempting to appease in order for Him to give us something. You see, He's already given it. And the reason we're poor is that we don't believe it. Because we think we need to add to it. Lord, I blew it. I'm sorry. I need to spend three days in the doldrums. Lord, I blew it. I, I, I have to go and do five nice things for someone. Lord, I've really blown it. I need to read ten chapters a day in order to be right. And, and maybe after three or four, maybe five, six days, after I've read you know, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 chapters of your Bible will I then begin to start feeling worthy again? At what point do you ever become worthy before the Lord? At what time? What point? At any point in my life am I worthy before the Lord? You know when it is? You know when it is for you? You know when it is for us? It's when we come before the Lord and recognize I have absolutely nothing to offer you other than my acknowledgement that you are who you are and you have done something that I never would have done for you or anyone else. You died for me. In spite of me. In spite of my, of, of my many years of turning my back on you, you still died for me and you still pursued me like a hound dog. You loved me. And even while you were pursuing me, I still put you off. I still denied you or I still hated you and yet you still loved me. I have nothing to offer you. I've done nothing to warrant your love. I've done nothing to merit your love. That's why they call grace God's unmerited favor towards the infinitely ill-deserved. And that's to, to, to really drive home the nail in the coffin. Infinitely. We know that infinitely... I'm still bothered by a, a second grade question that I had in Mrs. Hill's class back in Mentone Elementary School. On the test, I got a test question wrong. It said, infinite. Give, here's some examples. And, and some of these things are the numbers, you know? And, and, and you know, counting numbers, you know? Is that an infinite, you know? Uh, and, and, and there was one question that said, the sand on all of the seashores in this earth and I said finite and I got it wrong 
I think that was wrong. It still bothers me. <laughs> but think about that. Every grain of sand. And, and her explanation was, it's impossible. It's impossible, Donnie. Which, by the way, <laughs> I know that that's what sounds funny. I only have one person in all of Florida that calls me Donnie, and it's Bob Wolfing. I don't know why, but he does. But, you know, in California... I'm not known as Don, I'm known as Donnie. I mean, I grew up with my name was Donnie. And so at working on the airplane, hey Donnie, hey Donnie, hey Donnie, hey Donnie. Here, I'm, I'm Don. It's more professional, I think. You know, It's more astute. I don't, I don't whatever it is. No, it isn't. It's just a knucklehead. Listen, Mrs. Hill goes, Donnie, this, nobody would ever be able to count. Now, I wasn't really walking with the Lord at second grade, but didn't really know that theological answer to it, but... She says no one would ever be able to, to, to be able to count every grand on, a grain of sand on the seashores. It's impossible. It's infinite. Well, as I grew, as you are sitting here right now, you know, I know, we all know, God can count them, can't he? And, and, and so here's the thing. You're being deserving of God's grace you are infinitely non-deserving I'm sorry if that hurts your feelings but I, I same, same thing goes with me and that's why it makes grace so awesome is that God loves you so much that even while you didn't deserve anything he gave it to you and what part did you have in it? Nothing. You simply believed. You simply believed it by faith. You received it by faith. And that's what he's going to talk about. The father of faith, Abraham. For as Abraham believed God, and God counted it unto him as righteousness. We're going to talk about that next week. This is a foundation for us next week. When you leave out of here today... I just want to encourage you. Would you have a, a, a real relationship with Jesus this week? Recognizing you can't make God any happier with you right now doesn't mean that you should continue to sin. Listen, ask the Lord to forgive you of your sin. Ask the Lord to set you back on the path and then do it. Do it with a sparkle in your eye. Do it with a spring in your step. Do it with an expectation that God is going to move in and through your life this day. But do not, do not, do not walk out of here burdened down by your past sin if you've given it to the Lord. Because all that you're doing is that you're falling in with these that Paul is addressing. You can't add anything to your grace. Just receive it. That's the joy of grace. That's the joy of, of walking with the Lord. But I have to read the Bible in order to feel right. No, think of it this way. This is your homework this week. You don't have to read the Bible. I have to pray. No, 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 no. You don't have to pray. Well, I've got to talk to people about the Lord. No, 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 no. You don't have to talk to people about the Lord. You get to do those things. You get to do them. It's not a condition of your worthiness. It's not a condition of your acceptance before the Lord. It's that you are accepted now. Be free. Go. 
and do those things and enjoy life. Amen. Let's enjoy the life that we have as a Christian because right now, guys, it's looking bleak, isn't it? In this society that we're living in, do you know what people need to see? They need to see real, genuine relationship with Jesus Christ. People need to see that. They're not going to find it on any news station. They're not going to find it in any political figure. They're not going to find it in any actor or actress that are infinitely wise. That's my tongue. Okay? In my cheek. Okay? They're not going to find it in anything. You're not going to find it in any of those things. You're only going to find it in Christ. So here's the thing. If we know the secret, should we not be living it? Should we not be the beams, the light beams in this world? Because right now, gang, it's dark. And it's getting darker by the day. Here's the thing. You and I are the lights. Now, let's go into the world. You are the light of the world. Go into the world and let your light so shine before men. Jesus said this to you and I, didn't he? He said it to us. Let your light so shine before men that they might see what you're doing and glorify me in heaven. See me. That's what we're all about, man. Let's walk out of this door today being Christians with a smile on our face. Get that stupid lip back in your mouth. Get that those hunched over shoulders back Pick them back up, unless you got a you know a medical issue and you got to be leaning over. But stand up straight if you can, and walk with Jesus, man, with life in your eyes. People need to see life that can only come to us through Jesus. This isn't a game. This isn't a myth. This isn't just a story, a fairy tale. This is reality. And when God looked upon the history of mankind, He didn't pick Paul to live and sit in your seat right now. Paul had his time. Paul had his purpose. Paul had his place. But when God came through the annals of time and He came upon upon your face, He picked you to represent Him in this day. This is not a mistake that you're alive right now. And now, gang, know this. It's our job to go out there and present Jesus to the world. Can we do that? Will you do that with me? Let's do that this week. Amen. Father, thank you so much for today. Pray, God, that you would forgive us, Lord, if we add anything to what it is that you've already done in our life. Thank you, God, for the freedom that we have in you, Jesus. May we walk out of here encouraged today, knowing that God so often We walk around in a spiritual depression because we've forgotten what grace was all about. Forgive us, Lord, for that. Forgive us when we think that we can add anything to your forgiveness, anything to your grace, anything to your relationship with us. We receive it by faith right now, Lord. It's the currency of heaven. You ask us to have faith. You want us to be, I remember an old uh, saying that faith is the currency of heaven and God wants us to be rich people. Lord, may we live in faith this week. May we live in your grace. May we live 
with an expectant heart, knowing that, God, you have this day planned out for us. Now, God, the enjoyment is and the challenge is and the, 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 the adventure is to find out what it is that you have in store for us this day. And at the end of the day, may we, before we close our eyes, recognize, Lord, I did this for you today. I did it for you today. Thank you, God, for this day. Thank you that you gave me an opportunity. Thank you that you've given me forgiveness and now you're giving me the tools to go out and share what you've given to me, to the world around me. May I be a light in this very dark world. May you just emanate from us in this room, Lord. May people see Jesus in us. And where that's not happening, God, may we quickly, quickly make a beeline to your cross. Beeline to you, Jesus. A beeline to that empty grave. And remember what it's all about. Remember that you have given us life. We bless you today, Lord. I, I pray, God, your blessings upon all of those that are in this room right now, Lord, and those who are hearing online, whatever. Lord, we pray that you would be honored in our life this week. May you be blessed in the relationship that we will be seeking in you today and tomorrow and the rest of this time, this, the rest of this week until we come back together next week. May some of us have testimony. May all of us have testimony of how you worked in our life, Lord. Make us lights, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks for listening. So, did Jesus cause a change in you today? Or do you need prayer? We'd love to hear from you. Please contact us by visiting our website at calvarychapelcf.com or call our office at 941-926-3717. That's 941-926-3717. Again, thanks for listening to In the Word with Pastor Don.